is going on and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time Podcast. Today is episode 14 and you are joined with your two illustrious hosts, Snowbike Mike and my guy, Tom Bach. What's going on, Tom Bach? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. It is Sunday. Football is on. We just got done with the whole kind of funny extra life stream. And dude, it's been a good 48 hours and a great weekend. Exciting to talk to you as always. Oh, Tom Bach, it's been a perfect weekend. And what a great way to finish out the weekend than talking a little sports and video games with one of my best friends. So let's jump right into it. It's episode 14. Let's kick it off. I know you want to know about my trip to TwitchCon 2018. Why don't we start off with some fun, some shenanigans that went down in sunny San Jose, California? I want to know all about it. It was one of the, it pained me really greatly not to be there with you, bud. I saw a lot of the stuff that you posted. I watched a ton of the stuff on the summer skirmish for uh, Fortnite, which was really, really cool to watch all that. I, I was bugging you the whole time, texting you like, dude, I saw you met Ninja, you met Shroud, like I was losing my mind. <laughs> So I, w- I want to hear all about it, dude. Give me, give me the lowdown on the entire thing. I'm excited to hear about it. Let's give you the rundown. Uh, so night one was Thursday. So we're going to call that the pre-convention night. And that night was super fun and awesome because Ninja was throwing his own 21 plus free party over at this nightclub in San Jose. It was him and Dylan Francis, a massive EDM artist. And let me tell you, Tom, that is the way you kick off a convention with just a whole lot of alcohol, a whole lot of dancing and a whole lot of fun. So we went down to San Jose. We got there probably about three to 5 PM showered, relaxed, got some food in us and then went over to this nightclub club pure. And let me tell you when we first showed up, there wasn't a line. I didn't know what was happening. You know, we did show up kind of early right as doors opened up, but it was awesome because when we walked in, Tom, Ninja was right there on the dance floor, literally taking photos and greeting every single person with a smile on his face. It was like seeing Greg Miller in the flesh, but ninja status. And I mean, this kid shook everybody's hands, smiled, took photos with anybody that wanted to. So, of course, me being me, I looked right at Christian. I said, take this cell phone. We're getting a photo with Ninja. Walked right up to him, said, what up? Hey, you're amazing. Thanks for everything you do. Got a photo with him. Started off the night, all smiles. Everybody was happy, right? So wait a second. Go back. How did, how did you get tickets to this thing? Oh, we just bought them online. He was selling them. Like, oh, my he God. Had the, he had the forethought, Tom, of like, I'm going to be there. Let's make more money or let's throw a big party in my name at this nightclub. So they were just selling tickets that you could buy. They were like $50 a piece, but it was well worth the entrance price because we had so much fun. So and how many people do you think were there? Like, give me, give me oh, a rough we number. We packed that nightclub. Oh yeah. my God. Uh, Ooh, that's tough. Probably 500 plus. Oh maybe my God. it was a big nightclub, Tom. I mean, like this is, it was a big nightclub. I don't know true numbers on that, but if we were jammed in there, it was packed. Good for him for doing that. That's a really yeah. interesting idea to get his fans oh. in there and to be that gracious. And he, he seems like such a nice kid. Like he, he genuinely oh. does. Yeah. So down to earth. So nice. And like, the coolest part as we got into it, Tom, of like people were buying boosts for an absorbent price with the bottles. And I was looking at the team like if this guy is really what he is, he would personally go to each and every one of these booths and shake their hands. That's what I would do to show, hey, thank you for coming. Thanks for buying the tickets. Right. Of course. I promise you 20 minutes later, 
Ninja now has a professional photo team and Dylan Francis, and they are going to every single booth, shaking hands, talking with all of the guests that were there, sharing an experience of a lifetime, and probably took five minutes at each booth, shaking hands, taking photos, going to the next booth. They went around the whole nightclub, Tom, with a professional photographer and made every single person who bought a booth feel super special. It was so cool. It was the right thing to do. And it was one of those, you look back, you're like, man, like that was awesome. So we got him walking around with Dylan Francis. We got one DJ up kicking up the beats. We got way too much alcohol going on. I mean, of course, shout out to Kevin Asex. He bought us bottles. And let me tell you what, I was getting loose, Tom. Okay. I was getting loose. <laughs> told me. Normally I don't like to kick off a convention getting loose because you want to start off those three days strong. You know, you want to be hydrated, replenished. You want your feet to feel good. Nope. I said, you know what? Give me as much alcohol as my body can handle and let's <laughs> dance all night long. And so while the mayhem is happening, of course, we're talking, this is Ninja and Dylan Francis. So guess what? Everybody's showing up. Tim, the tat man's in the building. Courage is in the building. Shroud's in the building. I mean, this place was electric with faces that you had known and watched in the esports and Twitch community everywhere, which was so cool because now all of a sudden we're in the nightclub. It's you and I, I'm walking right up to you for a photo and to say what's up. So I got a photo with courage. I was super wasted. Got a photo with shroud. That was that. pretty that was cool awesome. and awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great. Cause Christian even got a photo with Dylan Francis and Ninja. He followed him around to each booth and like nobody had the foresight of like, well, if he's walking this way, I'm going to cut him off here and take a photo. So there's Christian waiting for him right there. And bang, got a photo with both of them. He was happy as can be. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of drinking, a lot of dancing. We had uh, my buddy, Sad Boy Sean, who we've talked about before. You know, Sad Boy Sean is getting loose when he has a giant smile on his face. All of his buttons on his button up T-shirts are now unbuttoned and he is doing this to the nightclub girl telling her to bring more drinks. Oh yeah. He's got, he's got his oh, hands out. Yeah. He told her bring more <laughs> drinks. And so that was a great way to uh, end the first night of the pre-convention party. Then we got to day one and day one. If you know anything about TwitchCon 2018, day one was a true fiasco. Okay. So before I preference the fiasco, let's rewind really quick. Cause I forgot to tell you badge pickup on Thursday was the smoothest, fastest badge pickup line experience I had ever seen. I mean, Tom, we went into a line that could have at many other conventions taken two hours. This line took 15 minutes. They had it dialed. There was more people with badges than you could ever imagine. And they were waving people left and right. You're here. Let's go. Get over here. Give me your ticket information. Bang. We were in and out. Faster than a fast food restaurant. So they didn't send him ahead of time. You actually had to get him there at the no, site. That was a big, that was a big oh. issue. I like when they send them to me. So we had to get yeah. them on site, but our experience fast, easy, convenient. It was perfect. Now we fast forward to day one and there is a fiasco on our hands, folks. We got an issue and it is building to the point where affiliates and partners were supposed to be let in an hour early than the doors were supposed to open to public. We showed up at nine for a 10 a.m. open door policy for affiliates and partners. We proceeded to show up to everybody that was attending the convention in front of this building. I mean, to the right of you, there is badge pickup that is now lined up for probably a two plus hour wait in front of the main doors. This has just become a fiasco. There's no Twitch staff 
saying, hey, you should be here. You should be there. It is literally everybody and they mama. I'm talking partners, affiliates, community are all mashed up into one ugly line that went from the front doors, Ugh. wrapped all the way around the block, wrapped down another block in front of the Marriott that had a protest going on. And then it proceeded to do this at the end of the block. Snake back, snake back again, yeah. which the third snake was in the road, Tom Bach. I mean, cars had to drive around people that were standing in the road, waiting in a line that somebody from this organization should have been out in front. Hey guys, maybe we should wrap around here. Hey guys, if you're this, you should be here. Yeah, why I'm did they talking, not think of Tom, that? Yeah. there was not a single person with a megaphone in their hands taking care of business like they should have. People were in danger in the streets. We had a protest going on to our right. We had people from the community that shouldn't be in, in the line in general. And now here we are from 9 a.m. till 1130, Tom. We didn't even get close to the front door after two and a half hours of waiting to I the point where we are now probably two hours still away from the front door. These kids come up to us and he talks to the kid in front of me and goes, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you let me and my buddy cut. Oh, kid, no way. Good on him. Kid looked at me and said, hey, what do you think about this? Which, of course, two and a half hours in, I looked at him. I was like, hey, bro, take that money, baby. Take that $20. You put it in your pocket. What's two people to us? What's two people? <laughs> and he's smiling. He's laughing. I'm like, but only one thing. You got to follow all of our Twitch pages. And the kid was like, really? I was like, you follow this name. You follow that kid's name. No it way, was 20 bucks. Funny. We all laughed, right? <laughs> he, he turns around five minutes later. He goes, I have two more buddies that want to cut the line. We'll give you another 20. Kid looks at me again. I go, take the money, kid. You take know the, the deal. 20. Bang, we put 20 in our pocket right there. That's awesome. So now it is 1145 and we are probably 30 to an hour still away from the entrance doors. Are I mean, letting, it is Are ugly. they letting people in at this point? I mean, is it Everybody just Everybody and they mama Tombaugh. It was, became fiasco. Wow. And then we found out that people were in before 9 a.m. There was just a flood of people that they didn't even corral, right? And so I wonder what I'll happened. never forget this moment. It is 1145. We are still so far away. And the kid behind us who we met, shout out to Skeeter Moonshine <laughs> and Hellcat Razor. These two kids coming fresh out of the strip club who had been partying all night. Look at me and the gang. And they're like, well, we're sick of waiting here. We're going to find a side entrance and we're going in. And I'm looking at them like, okay, Skeeter right. Moonshine goes, go hey, Skeeter. there's a door over there. Let's go. And so I look at my boys. I'm like, I'm going to go with them. I'll call you if this actually happens. You hold our spot just in case things go downhill, right? Bang. Me, Skeeter, and Hellcat proceed <laughs> to go through a side door. And we are now faced in front of a line that nobody had talked about. Nobody that had shown a side entrance with three people in the line. Three people in the line, and there's not a single Twitch employee saying, hey, guys, get out of the sun. Oh Go in God. this line. Hey, guys, you've been here for four hours. There's a line over here you should know about. So now I get on the phone to my boys. I'm like, get over here now. There's get no to this here. side door. Yeah. We proceed to get in, and everybody and their mama's already in there. We walk in. The merch line, Tom, is already a half day long. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm never buying merch again. That's too bad. Would have gave them $500 plus in merch sales. And there's merch lines through the roof, Tom. So now we get in. Already half of the day is gone to day one, and we get to walk around. So now we get emails on our phone. Twitch is apologizing for the line inconvenience. They're going to keep the show floor open 
for an extra hour till 7 p.m. And they're going to open the lines earlier tomorrow. Good on them. Way to adjust. But still. But still. Whoa. Yeah. That was ugly, Tom. That was bad one. You have all year to prepare for crowd control and you have a really good idea because you sold the tickets. How many people are there like that? Something must have happened, dude, right? Don't you figure that, something broke down? Something fell apart? That's impossible that's that it was that bad. you say that. That's what Christian and Sean were yelling at me of like, they sold the tickets. They should know how many people yeah. are coming, Mike. Like, they should have planned for this. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on, boys, but thank God we're in, you not know? Their, not their first rodeo, right? It's not like the first time they've done it either. Dude, that's, dude, that's crazy. I had no idea. So the fact that you had the patience to, to stand through that, I couldn't have done it. That would have driven me crazy. And you know me, Tom. My skin is as fair as the snow on the ground in winter, and I proceeded to get blasted oh. by the fall sun. I mean, sunburn day one. Oh. I'm pissed. I mean, I looked at the boys. I'm like, this sucks. I'm going to get sunburnt now. And we were standing to just stand in the sun, just baking, right? And of course, the pre emails about security. We talked about security, you and I, about PACs and beyond yep. after the Jacksonville incident. Well, now here's security. Day one, they send you out an email. Hey, no backpacks allowed in here. Ain't nobody bringing backpacks in here. Bring a fanny pack. Oh, no, that wasn't the case, Tom Bach. We show up and everybody and they mama has the biggest backpack you've ever seen. And they're letting everybody in. There was no, hey, we're cool with backpack. We're not cool with backpacks. You got to leave that. No, everybody and they mama brought in their own backpack. But security was pretty chill. Metal detector. Open up your bags, put your cell phones down, go through the security detector. A lot, a lot like uh, it, RTX. It, it was yeah. good. It wasn't bad at all. It was smooth enough. But for them to say, don't bring your backpacks and you to plan to only bring a fanny pack now when you could have brought deodorant, an extra T-shirt, blah, blah, blah. And for you to not do that, to follow the rules. But everybody, the 90% of the community has a giant backpack <laughs> on their back. You're like, what is the breakdown here? You know what I mean? Or did they feel so bad that we waited three hours in line that, that they, they couldn't tell the kid yeah, no backpack be. now, you know? Could be. But it was mayhem. So day one, we get in half day. I felt bad for everybody after us because we snuck in through a side door. I can't imagine the kids that actually waited in line oh. that were with us and beyond. I mean, Tom, we got there. We might have waited two and a half hours. There was kids that were snake lining into the street that I told you about that probably waited four plus hours just to get into the line, you know? I don't get it. And so we got in, we walked the show floor. The show floor is beautiful, Tom. I mean, giant meet and greet section over to your left, giant artist alley with everything you could imagine here. Then the show floor has so many games, more games than you could play in a day. They got so many boosts from, you know, DX racer chairs, Elgato's there, Cosair is there. It's like everybody's there. They even have Twitch areas where you could learn and grow your channel. Of course, our goal going into this was how can Mike better his Twitch channel and become a better broadcaster? So instead of I'm waiting the merch booth, I'm going to go buy something. No, we went right up to the Twitch people and we started talking. We talked to the bit people. We talked to channel analytics. We talked to subscribers. We talked to channel moderation. We talked to everything there that could help you grow that first day because we were there on a mission to be better and be the best. So that was a plus stuff there. And was it worthwhile? I mean, was it, was oh, it, yeah. um, it was like one on one stuff you already I knew or did, say, you, did you get anything good out of it? Yeah. It was like anything that you can imagine a situation like that. There was, if there were six booths, three of them were active, engaging and intelligent. The other three were like, 
oh man, they just kind of put me here. I, I yeah. don't really know. Well, yeah. like the one kid's like mumbling to you because he's scared. And I'm, you know me, Tom, I'm over there like, hey, why don't you tell me about the BIT program? In, indulge me. I want to get better. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, you know, they just kind of put me here, Mike, I, oh, you know, God. with BITs. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you shouldn't come have been on. here, bro. Like, come, I understand it's day one and you're easing into this, but if you were put here, you better have the spiel ready to go. I mean, we walked to one group that was talking about channel extensions and the guy was like, I I'll show you the PowerPoint and proceeded to just slide Read by slide. Not even slide. say, oh, didn't God. even say anything about the slides. Just <laughs> press the button on the slide. And we're like, okay, bro, you, uh, you tried your best on that one. That wasn't good. You know, dude, that's so funny. Yeah. But as long as you get something out of it, I always wonder yeah. with Twitch too, because it's, you know, they have such an interesting setup with their broadcasters because you're obviously not their employees, but they're highly dependent on you putting out high quality content. So they want you to be good because it help, it does nothing but help them in the long run for you to be really good. Did, did you see a lot, you know, the thing about Twitch, you and I follow certain people and there's so many more that I don't ever think about that are equally as famous as a ninja or summit or any of these guys, kind of the old school guys, right? The old counter-strike crew. Did you see a bunch of people that you knew were famous, but you didn't know who they were? Or was it, did you feel like you largely had a pretty good handle on, because I like the doc didn't go, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I'm not exactly sure why he didn't go or if there was more to that story or not. But um, wh what was, what was the, do you feel like most of the big streamers went to it? I would say most of the big streamers went to it, but you rarely saw them. Yeah. I think the Brad's breakdown went like this, Tom, 10 to 15% were community people. 10% were partners and then 80 or whatever that final breakdown was, was Twitch affiliates. I mean, everybody and their mama was a Twitch affiliate, yeah. right? And so you would notice the Pokemane over there. You would notice X, Y, and Z person that you've seen as a big broadcaster. And then there was just people all around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ninja did a great job of, he walked the show floor many of times. And if you want to know what a cultural phenomenon is, you watch Ninja at this TwitchCon walk the show floor, him being so down to earth, which is awesome, but literally children looking at each other, looking at him, and then screaming, oh my God, it's Ninja, yeah. and proceeding to run and follow this man around the show floor. I mean, hordes of people just everywhere around this guy. It was incredible to watch, Tom. That's incredible. That's insane. You know, it's funny too, because this is a little bit off topic, but what I was, when, um, I don't know if you got to watch much of the, uh, the fall skirmish or whatever it was that they did there. M my daughter was watching some of it and she's like, why doesn't Ninja play in these things? And I'm like, I stopped for a minute and I went, why would he, why would he risk not being viewed as the best player in the, why, why mm. would you even attempt to get into that at this point? Because everyone thinks you're the best and where you make your money now is not from stuff like that. You're not going to get, so, so what you win 10 grand on a, on a Twitch tournament that Joker's making that in an hour, practically, on his stream. It's like, what, why, why would you ever step foot in one of these tournaments? Because all you could do is make yourself actually look worse, right? If you didn't win or you didn't do really well, some of the mystique you have could kind of like wear off a little bit. So why even try? There's like, there's no reason to even attempt to do it. And I thought about that for a minute. And I'm like, that's exactly what the deal is. Like, I wouldn't go out there and do it if I was Ninja because... <laughs> I'm sure they asked him to, I mean, you know, they had to have asked him to be in it, right? They would have had to have asked him to be in it. Um, cause time that's brilliant. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. Cause I would have thought the same thing of like, why isn't this guy in the mix right now? Why isn't he playing? 
Never thought of that, Thomas. Right? You got to keep that. You can mystique only lose. about you. You got to. You right? got to keep that look. Is right. I like that, Tom. Right. And so, I mean, it was incredible, Tom. Like I said, the show floor. Then on the far right, you have the Doritos Bowl esports experience, which was like this stadium type look, big esports stage. They had Golden Boy and all the big commentators come for three days of action over into a whole nother room that I bet many people didn't even see was this nice, well-lit, natural lighting, uh, all windowed in room full of just old school arcade games that you could play for free. Oh, very cool. Bean bags to sit in. They had the bit, uh, bit NATO, which is like your cash tornado at any casino yeah. where you would go in the bit NATO. You had to grab as many bits as oh, you could. Cool. And they would give you free bits to go donate to people. So that was really awesome. We did that. I'll tell you about later. Uh, and then in the back, you would have never have known if you didn't go outside because it already felt big. But to go outside, they had a giant food truck area and then they had the giant bubble dome, which was the South Hall, a.k.a. the Fortnite experience, which was incredible to see, Tom. I mean, we're talking a giant football bubble dome space with all the way to the right. There's the stations like you talked about of all hundred kids playing in the competition in the middle. You have the biggest viewing area that you could imagine with stadium seating, beanbag chairs, a giant projector screen and the esports commentators all weekend long going at it. Next to that, they had your mini golf from PAX. Oh, they had they? a merch okay. booth. They yeah. had photo ops. And then at the farthest left, you can imagine this thing was bigger than two football fields. Farthest left, they had the Nerf dart experience because Nerf so brilliant said, you know what? We could make Nerf Dart guns after Fortnite and sell Nerf Dart guns. Oh, so they had the Nerf Dart experience was was literally a paintball arena where you just shot Nerf Darts at each other, which was awesome. So we did that later in the weekend. And so after day one, I would truly call that a half day. It was very upsetting to only be there for a half day. But we got our money's worth walking around. We didn't attend any panels. How could you attend the Twitch note, the Twitch keynote? The biggest panel of the weekend started at 11. People didn't even get until noon or 2 p.m. I mean, how heartbreaking is that? Uh, yeah. Nobody had the foresight of like, hey, we're doing this keynote and half of the room is filled. It's not even going to be there. Like, maybe we should maybe we shouldn't do this right now. Or maybe we should open the floodgates. That was upsetting to miss that. That's the big kickoff of the thing, you know. And so we left that evening at 5 p.m. Because... Me and Christian that evening were going up to Oakland, California to go into Oracle Arena for Drizzy Drake, a.k.a. Champagne Poppy. And I cannot wait to tell you about that. So two things on that. A, incredible to see Drake. We'll talk about the concert experience. B, a little sad because that Friday night, they had the TwitchCon actual party, right? So that's where they went to the San Jose Earthquake soccer field they had diplo a big edm artist they had carnival games in the back and that was like every year they do something cool like last year they had t-pain at the padres uh echo park padres stadium so like that's one of those like man that would have been fun to go to experience that but we knew when we looked at the schedule that was probably going to fall on friday but we wanted to see drake so me and christian loaded up the car Took an hour through traffic to get to Oakland. We pull up in Oakland. Perfect timing, Tom. I mean, we got there. Every my favorite is the guy selling the ripoff t-shirts. 
in the streets, right? I mean, you're driving 30 miles an hour and these guys are in the middle of the streets. T-shirts, T-shirts, T-shirts. I'm like, Christian, roll down the window. I'm buying a Drake T-shirt. He's like, you can buy it inside. I'm like, I'm like yeah. no, I'm Rip helping off. this guy out. Bang, I just throw him $30. He throws me a T-shirt, right? That's so funny. And so we park, we get through the little security. They had metal detectors as well in there. And we walk into Oracle. And the first thing I look for is the merch booth. Merch booth, again, a line that would probably take an hour again. That's crazy. Oh. I look at Christian, I'm like, guess what? We're not buying merch again. This is really bad this weekend. Christian gets a hamburger. I get a beer from the girl. She's pouring it. And right as she hits mid-pour, bang, the beat Goes has on. dropped and the Migos are out there. She's dancing. I'm like, oh, lady, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> She's like, go have fun. We immediately walked to our seats. Took us three seconds. We are now live and in action for the Migos to kick off the concert. I got girls to the right of me. I got girls to the left of me. And this party is jumping, Tom. I mean, I thought basketball games were loud for the Warriors. Oh, you go like to that. a Drake and Migos concert yeah. with 18 plus thousand people. In Oakland. That place was <laughs> rocking, Tom. I mean, whether it be the Migos, whether it be Drake, that place was so loud that you might have to cover your ears occasionally. That's awesome. So that proceeded all day waiting in line, all day walking TwitchCon to three hours in Oracle standing and dancing. I never sat down. It was just nonstop dancing, shaking, jiving. I think I filmed all of Drake's concert set. It was incredible to watch. Dude, you had so, a day. That is like, that oh, is about as full of a day as you can get. Literally. I'm still shaking off the hangover from the ninja party. Oh now I'm out here in Oracle. That was incredible. So awesome to see Drake because it was funny. Two weeks before we went to TwitchCon, I said to myself, man, you know, I really want to see Drake in concert. Like, I wonder what he's doing. And we literally looked online to Ticketmaster, and it just so happened two weeks later at TwitchCon, he was going to be in Oakland. So it was like, it was meant to be, Tom. It was all meant to be. I don't even want to ask you what you paid for the tickets. You don't have to tell oh, me. Oh, we paid a lot of money, baby. We paid a lot of money. You don't even want to ask. Oh, oh it's so <laughs> worth it. And so now we drive back home. The drive with no traffic, so fast from Oakland to San Jose, we flew back home, right? And so now we get a nice, good day of rest in. Now, day two, we got a game plan. We're like, okay, clearly we're going through the side door. We're not waiting in the front. We know what we're doing. We park the car. We immediately walk straight over to the side door. We get in. And then, of course, what happened again, Tom? They let people in early before the doors were even supposed to open. Place is packed, and the merch line, again, is a whole day's wait already. I'm looking at this place like, why are there so many people in line? The doors haven't even opened yet. What are y'all doing, you know? I mean, we got there so early, they wouldn't let us in, but you could see the merch line was already packed. You could see people on the show floor above us. It, we asked the guy, was like, how did these people already get in? He's like, oh, they had an accident. They let people in already. It was like... You let that many people in? Like, just open the floodgates now then. Like, Dude, it doesn't I'm even matter. that they're this discoordinated. Like, this, it's, this is not like it's just some, it's Amazon. Amazon <clears throat> owns Twitch. It's not like it's some small company that doesn't know how to put on a show. I don't understand how this was so messed up, dude. So many people. And so day two, <gasps> we did a great job of, day two was panel day. We had seen the show floor. We had done Artist Alley. We've, we, we've done it all. We're going to go to panel. So I started my morning off with an esports fireside chat with DJ Wheat and another awesome esports uh we'd call him esports news reporter kind of like a you know journalist esports journalist and that was really fun 
You know, they were talking esports, the growth of it, everything. I had NBA 2K League managers and general managers behind me. That was cool. I got to meet them afterwards. Great start to the day. Second one I went to was first to the mic hosting 101, which was incredible, Tom. I thought to myself, man, I'm already hosting. I'm already doing this. You know, what will I truly take away from this? And I took so much out of it. Good. Like we always talk about, Tom, if you want to do something in life, no matter who you are, no matter what that thing is, just start doing it. And the big takeaway was one guy. It was really cool. They had the girl hosting and, you know, kind of narrating the panel. And she was a mega host. She had done esports events on stage hosting. Next to her was the guy who runs CSA agency who oversees like a talent pool of 60 different hosts oh, wow. and gets them all gigs. That was super cool. And she was with him, right? So she was part of his talent agency next to them. They had a guy who was totally independent, had made it big on Twitch and was given the opportunity to host PAXs and different E3 coverages all on his own. And so they kind of had that dynamic of like, this is what it looks like to be independent, doing it all by yourself. This is what it looks like to have 15% cut out of your paycheck, but he books me all my gigs. He gets me my hotels. I don't have to do any of that, you know? And so it was really good. But the big takeaway was, why aren't you doing this right now? And the guy looked at us and was like, hey, this girl got to become a host because last year at TwitchCon, she bought her own portable microphone and went to every booth and cosplayer and just started interviewing people. Are you doing that right now? Are you hosting an esports event on your Twitch channel for fun? You can do this right now. And so what did I do? I looked at Christian. I said, bring up Best Buy. Let's buy a microphone right now. What did we do? We bought a portable microphone. We picked it up that night. So day three, Mike Howard had a microphone in his hand and we walked to every booth. We were acting a fool did you really? with I a microphone. It. Oh, it was great, Tom. So where did you put them all? Did you put them like on Insta or what did you do? Yeah. Uh, Christian will be uploading a vlog and all the interviews coming up. Oh, soon. dude, I can't wait. It's I didn't gonna be know super you didn't tell awesome. me you did this. That's awesome. Yeah, we did. We, we definitely took it up to the next level on that. And it was just simply, if you want this, let's go out and take it. And that's what we're doing. It was a great message and we did it. Um, and then to wrap up day two, the final panel we went to was branding 101 and what defines your brand. And now I think for me, I think I have a pretty good brand. I have a great logo. I have a great brand statement of high energy fun. And I think I encompass all of that. And I think a lot of the kids in the room were still trying to figure out who they were or what, what a logo looks like. And a, a lot of the topic uh, was more, how do you get a logo? How does that logo define you? Which I'm kind of already past that. I think what I was looking for that was, what's my elevator pitch to sell Tom Bach on me? What's my 45 seconds to 30 seconds of, hey, Tom, this is the Snowbike Mike brand. You should watch me or you should support me because of X. Yeah. And I think I'm still trying to find that or maybe just redefine it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, I have the brand. I have what I want, but I want to get that 30 second pitch of like, here's the perfect keywords that are me. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got you've got this structure of it. It's just. Ben, you and I talked about this a ton of time with the streamers we watch. They're, they're, it's such a fascinating thing to try to figure out what it is that's going to make you successful. There, there's the obvious. There's the guys that don't do anything. Like I was watching, I don't know if you know, there's a, a Fortnite guy named Dakota. I think he's on Team Solo Mod, TSM Dakota. 
Oh, does, Team Solo Mid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he doesn't even he doesn't even show his face, but he's so good. So you get people that can stream because they're fantastic players. That's the easy one. And then you get the guys that are super big personalities, but are not very good. And then you get that weird mix of people that are both Doc and other ones, right? I think with you, you're you've you've got the idea, and it and it's just these other little you know kind of refining the edges of what it is, um, because there's only so many ideas out there, right? And there's only so many ways you can approach it. That I'm sure all these kids, everybody that does this is. I mean, you mentioned that Pokemane girl. Like, how did she get famous? Like, I think I mean, seriously, she she's cute girl. She's getting twenty thousand people watching her every single time she plays Fortnite. Now I I flip it on and I see her. I watch her a little bit and I kind of stop and go, what, what specifically about her got her to that spot? Um, unlike the other people like Nick Merckx, I watch a lot. I know exactly what he does. He's funny as hell. And he's, he's like every dude I grew up with in New York, right? He's just like bros, bro. Um, I'm, I'm always fascinated by how people get to that level. Like what did they do to get there? That what got their fan base from like, let's say where you are to, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. Like some of these people are just, you know, they turn on their PC and they get 20,000 people watching them. It's crazy. Yep. And so it was really fun to watch the panel that they had talk about that. And I think one of the heartwarming moments for me was, is the guy looked at everybody and was like, hey, who here is looking for a logo? And like half the room raises their hands, right? And then he proceeds to look at him and goes, who here is an artist that makes logos? 20 kids half, raise right? their hands. He goes, why don't all of the artists right now pull out your ba- business cards? And if you need a logo, go see Amazing. those kids. Yeah. And it was the biggest smiles on half the room's face of here's the kids holding up his business card and five kids scurry over to him, grab the business card, smiling and walk back to their seats. It was like, that was what I was looking for. I love seeing that out of kids who are just like me, who are grinding, Networking. working towards yep. their goal networking, doing all that. And it just takes somebody because everybody is either glued to their cell phone. We saw way too much of up there at TwitchCon or everybody's too afraid to talk to somebody and they only stand in their click. And sometimes it just takes one person to break the ice with a statement like that or a little bit of fun where now everybody's engaged, everybody's smiling and they're not afraid to talk to each other. And that was truly a beautiful moment. Which is why people are there. You got to, like you said, TwitchCon's a little bit different in the sense that I think that unlike E3, unlike PAX even, people can just be fans. They're not out there necessarily trying to do anything past that. Probably half the people at TwitchCon, if not more, want to be in that business. Like they're trying to do something with it. And like you said, you're, you're all there together. You may have a different walk of life. Like you and I even talk about with our own podcast, right? Finding someone that does graphics, finding someone who does editing, finding someone who does, you know, themes, whatever. They're all there. And and you just need somebody to kind of hook you guys up. That's actually genius that that guy did that. That's really kind of oh. the point of those conferences. If you stop and think about it, that's kind of what it's for. Oh, it was so great. And so day two was heavy panels. We walked around, got to see some of the Doritos Bowl. Day two, I believe, had the... Team Ninja, Team Shroud, Team Lupo, and Team Somebody Else throw down on Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Blackout Mode, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, you and I have talked about it. I, I love the ingenuity, the tenacity, especially me coming from the NBA 2K shoutcasting, where it takes so much just for them to try to organize something like this and actually have the tournament run smooth without 
private matchmaking without these guys being able to load up into the same lobby and kill each other. Right. So there it is. It's like four different teams on four different games. We're counting kills now. We're counting damage and anything could go wrong. But somehow they make this show so much fun. Somehow they can figure out the leaderboard and tell who's actually winning. I mean, the ingenuity and tenacity to do that is so amazing. And to have the bright lights on there. I mean, that area was packed, Tom, from the seating area to people standing outside staring in. That was super awesome. And of course, they have those big names on there. Like they interview Shroud like, hey, Shroud, how are you feeling today? You, you think you're going to win this? And then like looks at the camera all nonchalant. Oh, we're going to win this. And oh, then yeah. just walks away and you're like, all right, bro. Like, Here let's we go. do it. You know, let's and go. of course he wins it, you know? So oh, yeah. it was super fun to watch. And uh, that was mainly day two, day two, a lot of panels, very, you know, very chill, relaxed day three. We came into it and you could tell now everybody's tired. Now everybody's feeling it. What happened? Day three merch line again is a whole nother day yeah. long of merch line. I'm over here. Like you either sacrifice a day to go into the merch booth to buy the large hoodie sweatshirt you want, or in day. my case, buy, I promise you, I went to RTX and spent $500 plus on merch. You know what I was going to do a TwitchCon, Tom Bach, for some Twitch merchandise? Spend way too much money. Oh, yeah. But there it is. I can't even get in line I can't for even it. take my money. Forget it. I'm not going to exactly. inconvenience myself to give you my money. Sorry. Tough. So guess what? You don't get that. So no. now day three, everybody's tired, but I still had the energy. I had the new microphone, the portable microphone, which is right here in my hands. And so we decided that we were going to go to every booth, every video game, any cosplay person we can meet. And we were going to have the snow bike, Mike on location <laughs> interviews and podcasts. So wait I to proceeded see this. I cannot to wait walk to, see to this. everybody. We got to talk to one game developer who half of his team is out in El Salvador creating this game right now. It's called the last friend. It's a tower defense game mixed up with a side-scrolling beat-em-up game where you are the last human on Earth defending and protecting all of the cutest dogs on the planet because a nuclear bomb sweat off on the planet and now everybody's a mutant trying to eat dogs. And you are trying to defend your dog rescuing car while beating up zombies, mutants that are coming down these three lanes and you have to tower defense it. So we're <laughs> talking to this guy and I cannot tell you the joy that I brought this man engaging with him instead of just going up. Hey, can I play your game? Right. Okay. You got stick. Give me stickers. Yeah. It was like, Hey dude, tell me about yourself. Talk to me. Let's have a microphone chat. This guy was overjoyed for me to stand next to him and talk to him. It was one of my best interactions I've ever had. Right. And so there we are. We're over at the total war booth. We get to see Tom Hawkins, a kind of funny best friend yeah. over there. He's part of that team. Half of the team from the UK, he says they sent out like five kids to go work the booth with the other half of Americans. They're rocking it with total war and expansion and a new game that's coming out. We got to talk with Tom. We're over there. The best one was is now we're playing this game that just looks like what was the game that Andy was just playing, Tom, that you, you bought in the special statue Oh, Hyperlight Drifter. It looks exact. So they called it a dating sim, but a dungeon crawling dating sim. So it looked, it had oh, the action and movement. Yes, I've, they had it at PAX. Exactly yeah. like Hyperlight Drifter. But then it was a dating sim where yes. all of your dates were your weapons that you yes. played with. Dude, so I'm I know all about with it. the chick. I know I'm like, all about oh, it. blah, blah, blah. This is so cool. She's laughing. She's laughing. We go into the booth now to play it, right? 
Kevin is standing over my over me filming it. She walks up to him. She goes, are you filming the game right now? And Kevin looks at him like, no, I'm just filming Mike. And she goes, okay, good. Don't film that game. Whoops. We didn't know that. Okay. We didn't know that my game out on the internet. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We thought if her goal was to be there, she would want the publicity. Wouldn't you want people to share your game? You know? So maybe that was super funny, (laughs) super funny to learn that when we laughed at that. And so, yeah, that day was great. We got to see my buddy, grand Pooh bear who, uh, you know, was up here in Tahoe with me. He became really big. I mean, I watched grand Pooh bear grind from 14 people watching him play H one Z one to finding fame and stardom becoming a massive Mario maker, Mario super speed runner on all these levels to just be in his line. And now this is how it looked when we saw grand Pooh bear and his meet and greet line to the right of us ninja on the same time slot, four lines filled plus out the hallway. I'm in Grand Pooh Bear's line. He's got 30 people and they're all laughing, engaging with each other. It was cool to see him have his own little community that was there to support him. Good for him. So we had some fun. We got to shake his hand, make him smile. I mean, like I said, I've, I've known him up in Tahoe for so many years to go out there and show him some support. It meant a lot to him. So that was cool. Uh, And then day three, we had the kind of funny best friend meetup. So I had the goal of let's bring everybody together. Let's talk it out. Let's go into the Nerf Dart Challenge so I can shoot somebody's eyeball out. So that day, we didn't anticipate the Fortnite Fall Skirmish that you were talking about. The finale was Sunday afternoon. So now that bubble is so packed, they're not letting people in. It's like an hour-long wait line to get in. They're like, oh, man, now we're not going to be able to do the Nerf Dart Challenge. So everybody comes. We circle up. I'm getting everybody to introduce each other. We're high-fiving. We're laughing. Everybody's talking. And the line just starts to slowly drift to the point where it was like 310. We got to go in and we played the Nerf Dart Challenge. And when I say we played the Nerf Dart Challenge, I had a gun in one hand. I had the microphone in another hand. And I was yelling to the camera while we were shooting at people. It was awesome, Tom Bach. That's awesome. So is was it um, just like paintball style? Like everybody gets paintball in a thing? Style. Yeah. Everybody gets a gun. Total free for all. Nerf darts all over the floor. They had these like rolly shelves that had a bunch of nerf darts so i had one kid i proceed to put it him on my shoulders i'm pushing the shelf he's shooting at people and we become our own mobile turret i don't think they wanted us to do that but we did it it was pretty awesome that's awesome how many so how many how many people how many kind of funny fans i saw you guys tweeted like i think we got like 10 yeah 10 to 10 to 12 it was a smaller group yeah but it was nice to see everybody there was fun got to meet some new faces got to support them of course, we saw Enigma, Enigma 9011, not only got to meet us, but earlier that day got to partake in the fall skirmish because they sent out an email oh, before no TwitchCon of like, hey, like we're going to take some of the attendees and put you guys in on the three days if you want to get selected. Enigma got selected for the 10 to 12 p.m.'s time slot and actually got to partake and play. Did he really? Wow. Can you imagine doing that? That would be amazing. Good for him. I know. I told him before he went in, I was like, here's the deal, Enigma. This is what you have to do. Okay. don't let anybody kill you. You just hide until top 10 where then the shoutcasters and everybody on Twitch has to to say your name name and say your name. That's right. So don't die. Just hide. And he looks at me, goes, that's a good idea, Mike. Maybe I'll do it. I'm like, don't even look at anybody. You literally land and you just start walking in a bush until you make it. And he was laughing. I think he said he he did that once and he died once and then he tried again. 
But uh, he seemed to have a good time with that. Dude, that's so, yeah, you're not going to get real oh. far with that strategy with those kind of players. They're probably going to probably going to get you. <laughs> oh, they were destroying people. And so, yeah, to wrap it up, we saw the PlayStation trailer outside. We got to go in there. They had different uh, TV set up. I got to play Spyro for the first time ever. That was oh, pretty cool. Looks beautiful. Reminded me of the trash or the crash trilogy that they upgraded. Yeah, next that week, was really fun. Or next two weeks. Uh, yep. And the only downfall that we missed, Tom, that wasn't well publicized, but we kind of knew about it was across the street from the convention. They had another area uh, zoned out, but that was the player unknowns broadcaster Royale by Omen challenge. So for three days across the street, you could go over there where they were having the broadcaster Royale of nothing but PUBG. You could play PUBG, you could buy merchandise oh. and then you could see the broadcaster Royale. So a little sad. We didn't get to go to that. Cause you know, PUBG still holds a little yeah, spot does. in my heart, Always. even though Call of Duty seems to be kicking it in the back all the time, but yeah. it was nice of that. And so TwitchCon all in all was phenomenal. Of course, we had to wrap up the weekend with two of my favorite things in the Bay Area. One, the kind of funny crew. We took a t-shirt cannon. We launched t-shirts at him from across the street. Had to give him some Snowbike Mike merch. And then two, we went to Tony's Pizza. Because everybody loves Tony's Pizza. Of course, of course. Dude, it sounds like an awesome weekend, man. I would, I was, uh, like I told you, I was really wanting to go this year. I've never been to TwitchCon, and I, they're actually a big customer of mine. And so I got some comp passes and just couldn't make it work out. It's, man, that thing has grown. I, I asked you earlier about just, you know, what is there enough to do there? Because it was, you know, seeing it from a distance it was really difficult to tell, like how big it was. And th- oh. I kept seeing the summer skirmish thing, which, like you said, is just a separate tent. But I didn't realize they had turned it into just like a video game showcase because, you know, we talked about packs a month ago and they, and you four days almost wasn't enough, if I'm being honest, because of the lines, which is an unfortunate thing. Yeah. But it, it's interesting to me that TwitchCon's gotten that big, that it's that it's, it you know, it, it is as big of a showcase, I think, for game developers and everybody else's. It is now just for the Twitch community, which is really cool. Oh, massive time. It, it's incredible because I went the first year in 2015 and then they left the Bay Area. To come back to this now for year four, year five, whatever they're at since then, has been incredible to see yeah. the growth in that. To see what it was then, how many games they had on display, the people there, what it really looked like to that. Wow, the growth is tremendous. It's incredible. It's, it's only incredible. getting bigger. It's only getting bigger. I know we'll move on and talk some games here, but the um, you know, we talked. We we saw you know Doc's Code Red tournament and stuff, and I start thinking about these business models and what Twitch is going to, you know, what Twitch's growth is just in general, the things that they're going to need to do to kind of stay ahead of everybody else that's kind of doing anything even close, whether it's Mixer or whoever. But man, that business is going to be, so, I mean, 10 years from now, man, like I can't even imagine what Twitch could mean. There's, there's just, there's so much more it can do. They're literally just getting started. If you think about the oh. way that they've set things up. I mean, they are, they're not even in the first inning of what that business is going to be and could be. The fact that Amazon bought them to me too is such a huge you know, fork in the road of, of financial fork, obviously just because of the backing of Amazon, but just the reach that Amazon has and the ability that they have to kind of, you know, get them through some tough times. If things do get tough because it's Amazon, man, that business, it's sky's the limit for Twitch in my mind. There's so much more they can do. It's only the beginning, Tom. We've seen the NBA G League. We're watching Thursday night football on this, all the big esports, normal streaming. I mean, this is only growing is right, Tom. The future, we will wrap no up doubt. topic with that. That is Snowbike Mike's 
2018 TwitchCon adventure. We had a whole lot of fun. Shout out to the What's Good Games girls. Got to see them up on stage. Good. Shout out to Grand Pooh Bear. Shout out to the Commish, a.k.a. Xavier Woods. Austin Creed, we got to meet him. That's Dap awesome. Hands out there. Of course, Tom Hawkins out there with the Total War team. We got to see a lot of people. Got to meet a lot of people. It was phenomenal. But enough about that. Let's get into some games because guess what, Tom? We are in the heart of the fall and holiday ramp up of video games. Last week, we talked about Call of Duty Blackout and Blackout Mode and Black Ops. This week, we get to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Red Dead. It's going to be a big one. I think we need to start off with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, though, and then we'll move into it. So, Tom, right now, I, I do have to preference this. Last week, I told you all that I would play as Alexios and it. Tom would play as Cassandra. I could not do it. I, I couldn't do I couldn't pass up the opportunity to play as Wonder Woman herself. So we won't have any Alexios oh, well. talk. But, Tom, let's jump into it. What are some of your thoughts? What are your, some of your impressions thus far? Dude, I'm glad you're playing as Cassandra because even the little bit of time and it, it it's um, a little bit into the game that you finally get some time with Alexios as the other character. And the first thing I thought when I when he was talking was I couldn't deal with him as the main character either. Like, I'm so glad that I chose Cassandra. Um, man, I got to say, they're, they're, they're um, God, this is a, a lot like the other one we're going to talk about. It's tough to, tough to summarize kind of what the game is, but... There's no question this is my favorite Assassin's Creed game, really since Black Flag, I think. Black Flag was one that always kind of grabbed me, always loved the ship combat and everything. But but it, it's, first of all, I'm really shocked that Ubisoft uh, changed the game as much as they did in just a year's time. I mean, it's obviously yeah. the same shell of the game, but you'll, we'll talk a lot about sort of the quality of life things that they did to sort of make the game more playable and, and, and more user-friendly Man, th this this game really is amazing. I, I I checked my time clock just so I knew kind of people because I know it's a long game and people putting 60, 80 hours in. I was 41 hours in as of yesterday, so I've got a lot of time with it for sure. Um, I am th there. There are moments that I almost can't believe the game world is as big as it is. And there's something this does have in common with Red Dead as I walk around the game world is just the amazing scenery, the lighting the 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 feel of that this is a real place again just like red dead i really feel like i'm here in ancient greece and in the sort of this fictitious yet world based on something that's real man there's some amazing landscapes all the way from like places with huge tall trees and the deserts and the oceans and the there's just a wealth of things to explore every bit of which i want to explore and and in a funny way that's kind of my the the thing that i do struggle with a game like this is there's so much to do that I have to stop at everything. And I, I'm, I'm that ADD gamer, dude. I've always been that guy. Like, I'm stopping at everything. I'm trying to get rid of every single base. Um, I don't know that I love the fact that I'm kind of playing both sides because I sort of wanted to pick one of the sides. I sort of wanted to be Spartan, and I'm finding myself sort of fighting my urges to just jack with one of the pieces, um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting, right? It's kind of a side thing. But, dude, high level, I won't go into all that. I love this game. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. The combat's really satisfying. I think we talked quite a bit about I am a hard game guy. I play on a hard hard mode. Dude, this game on hard is hard. Like, it'll put the spank on you, and I've had to many times now lower it down off of hard to normal and then back up and back down because, dude, there's some fights in there. I just can't freaking get through. There are some wicked difficult mercenaries, some wicked difficult animals, 
some wicked difficult giant castles with like freaking 50 people you got to kill. That'll take you like two hours to do it if you're on hard. So, oh. um, but I do love the combat. The combat's good. I love the story. Like, dude, I, the, I, I'm, I am fully invested in this Assassin's Creed game in a way, even a lot of people have been talking about, um, uh, origins. Th- this is way past origins to me. Like, I know there's things about origins people really dug, but Odyssey to me is, is, is exponentially better than origins. And I liked origins a lot, but I think it's exponentially better. Oh, Tom, you just nailed it on the head. I mean, this game is truly incredible for everything you just said. And really the big one that sticks out to me, just like you said, this was a year after origins to this, how incredible to do from origins to that. Wow. Incredible, incredible, incredible. So much fun. Uh, Tom, it's hard to put into words. I'm loving it. I actually get worried at times that I'm falling into my Witcher 3 syndrome mm. where there is uh, question marks on the map and I feel like I need to do every, every one. one of them. Like yeah, I'm getting too. the feeling of like I'm scratching, like I got to get every single one of these. I'm freaking out. I can't stop, you know? And then it's like three hours later and I'm like, I haven't done anything but to search the map and I got an issue now, you know? And so I really love that. A big issue for me, it wasn't really an issue. I had to just change my play style was I wanted to try exploration mode where they kind of take off the hints and markers and you kind of do it yourself. And so I did that for the first hour and I found that to be extremely difficult. Really? Now, some people can find it easier because it it says to you, hey, it's on the southeast side of this area. Go look around. And that really causes you to kind of, hey, got to go explore every single question mark, get all the names of the towns and know where I'm going. But for me, it was like, Man, like at first this was kind of cool, but then it wore off of like, I don't have time to search every single map to the finest detail. Look for this small staff. Like you just got to tell me where it is. So I turned that off and it's made the playthrough more enjoyable for me of like, okay, this is where I'm going. Let's get over there. You know what I mean? Cause I couldn't do, they had one where it's like, it's in the bay of Zeus's castle. I'm like, where the heck right. is Zeus's castle and yeah. what bay are you? We're on an island. Everything's the bay. What are you talking about? You yeah. know? And so I had to turn that off. I thought it was a cool feature, but uh, for me and what I wanted to accomplish with this, I was like, no, no, we're just going back to the normal play style. Uh, the fighting has grown on me. I will say origins was a big change for me with this, with the triggers being the fighting mechanic instead of what we're so accustomed to with Batman and the original yep. Assassin's Creed soul style. X, 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 you know, why dodge this X, 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 X. Now for this to change that up, I finally have gotten more of custom to it where I feel strong and, you know, in control of the battles. Cause in origins, I felt like I was just frailing around just like kind of hitting people. I didn't know what button to hit. That was a big learning curve to get over. And now for this one, I feel good. I like that. There's different weapons. I like that. Cassandra looks dope. I mean, she is just Spartan kicking people off oh, the yeah. buildings. Fun. And I love what you talked about with the mercenaries. My favorite part about this game right now is how much the mercenaries feel like Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War with all the funny names. I mean, I'm over here fighting Iskabar camel face and i'm like (laughs) did they just make this name up like what the heck is this guy's name and like i've had four of those now where they come up and it's like you know joey palm oil and i'm like what kind of name is that right here and so i love that feeling my my issue though i don't know if this makes you if you get this or maybe it's just my wanted level we'll call it but every time i clear out a base 
or like I kill a mercenary, all of a sudden it's like three seconds later. Guess what? Here's another mercenary. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to slow down with the mercenaries. Like I just cleared this base. Or I just killed this guy. I don't need another mercenary showing up. I had one point I had to fight three mercenaries. I had that once. happen too. I had and that I'm happen like, in a quarry. Hey, yeah. yeah. Hey, this is cool and all, but like, you don't, you got to give me a little breathing room, like back up just a little bit where it's like, okay, I beat that mission. Like, good job. Let's figure out where we're going next. Not, oh man, Joey Palm Oil and Foxhound face are coming to fight you now. Do something with your life, you know? Yeah. Oh, you, you know, but you know, what's really weird though, man. And this, I I'm with you on that one too. Cause that one did kind of bug me. I'll talk about the cult ones in a minute because I love the cult. The, the whole cult structure is really cool, right? Taking out the cult members. But one thing really weird that I noticed, and I and this, I, I think that this encouraged me in one sense that I could mainline the story a little bit quicker, which is kind of my goal now that I am where I am, pretty high level. I think I'm in the 30s ish. I have to go look and see. Um, but I think I can mainline it, and here's why. So you know, early on when you when you destabilize a region in order to trigger one of the the big epic battles. Right. So you, you pick one side or the other, Athenian or Spartan, you destroy a bunch of stuff, all the purple stuff, and then you trigger the battle. Well, the whole point of the I don't know if you've done one of those battles yet where you're just on the big battlefield and it's a it's like a big war going exactly. on. Exactly. Kill only, like five lieutenants or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Right. The only yeah. thing that you get out of that. So two things. The only thing you get out of that when you're done is a yellow piece of equipment. Right. So you get one of the legendary things that come out of it. But one thing I noticed, so I, I want to say it was probably like the third or fourth. I had already done two or three of those and then I triggered it and it was ready to go, but I got distracted and never did it. Well, if you don't do it, one of the two of the sides will refortify the area back again. So they'll take oh. it back over. So it doesn't stay in a state of, you know, ready to be over overtook, which is, I thought was really interesting. So what happened was, so I was like, well, that's really weird. So I'll, I destabilized it, but I just didn't happen to finish the mission. It, it, it flipped from Spartan to Athenian on its own. And then it, fortified itself back up so just for shits and giggles i went back and destabilized it and did the fight got my high level piece of merch and moved on but then i realized man you don't have if if you don't want to go get any of those because that's i every time that i got a good piece of gear i would get kind of annoyed that i very quickly outgrow it and as you noticed it's really expensive to upgrade the thing it takes a hell of a lot of effort to take something that you really like and keep upgrading it it's really expensive it's a bit of a grind and so I kind of stopped and went, man, I don't have to destabilize any of these areas because the only thing I'm going to get out of them at the end, at least as far as I can tell, there's no story implications. You're not trying to flip them all to Spartan. You're not trying to flip them all to Athenian. They're, they're just going to go the way that they go. And if you choose not to do them, the only thing that you're missing out on is not getting a high level piece of gear that you're going to outgrow in, in an hour anyway. So I was like, well, shit, all of those bases I've been clearing out, all the guard posts, who can, I'm just not going to do them anymore because there's really no point in doing them other than if you want to have fun with them. So that took a huge amount of pressure off me for like mm. back to your question about seeing the question marks and seeing everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to do any of them because they don't go anywhere. Cause even if you did them, they don't really matter in the, in the, in the big picture of stuff. And so dude, I'm ready to mainline the story. I'm excited to see where this thing goes next. The, the, like I said, the cult of cosmos thing is a fantastic addition to be able to one by one, go through and pick these people off. I dude There's a whole third of the map. I haven't even seen yet, which I'm amazed by. Like just, I get in the ship and start kind of rocking and rolling. Like, Oh my God, look at how far I got to go. The, that um, map is gigantic. It's gigantic. That map is massive, Tom. Oh it, my God. They packed so much into that map too. And oh all the God. hidden stuff and 
I just, I mean, it the, the, it really is a special game. I do a, a couple of small. I you, you and I were talking about uh, texting about. I wish they would have done a little more with the ship combat. I thought they could have taken the black flag ship combat a little more liberally because mm. they had like the long range mortars are a lot of fun. Yeah, there was four or five other little weapon mechanics in yeah. black flag that I feel like they could have added. Um, and then the only other thing that I'm missing, and I'm genuinely missing it, you mentioned in the combat, is being able to block. You don't have a shield in this one, and I really liked in Origins that you had the ability to block and dodge and was way more Dark Souls style to me in that sense. Um, yeah. But other than that, dude, the, 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 I love the, the arrows are great. Being able to control them is great. The powers are amazing. Like, being able to mix and match, and I think I've unlocked like three levels of the tiers where you can flip through them multiples. Man, there's so many good combinations of stuff, oh, like the kicks. So and the, cool. You can set stuff up with poison and kicking people, and it, it's it's a great sandbox, man. That it's uh, That's a game I'm going to be playing, I think, for quite, quite some time still. Oh, Tom, I mean, just to piggyback off that for a moment, incredible to think on Assassin's Creed 1 and so many iterations, it was literally, you just stabbed people and ran away. Now we actually have special moves and powers that you can balance and change up. I mean, I'm just thinking Assassin's Creed one just came to Bex or Xbox one backwards compatibility and literally playing that is X and Y jump around and hide and climb. Now stuff, it's like, right? exactly. Now I got Spartan kick. I can shoot three arrows at once. Like I'm the Scorpion King, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Like this is cool and fun. And yeah, Tom, I think the, I love that the boat and the naval combat is back. I think that was a great addition to put back. It's a little more bare bones, like you said. And I notice I'm messing up. Maybe I've I've missed. I didn't read the tutorial all the way through, but I'm stuck only shooting the arrows. There's like the javelin one, you yeah, know, right, right. But I can't get that one to shoot. It just I don't know. I'm pressing all the buttons yeah. wrong or like I'm just not holding it it's down. Just right, right trigger, right like, bumper. You just I one, shoot of the arrows, one of them is right trigger. One of them is right bumper. That's and I'm it. like, shoot the javelin. And they're yeah. like, they won't shoot the javelin. I'm like, all right, forget the goddamn javelin. Like, let's just keep <laughs> shooting arrows. That I don't care. Ship battles and are so tough, like too. That. There's some tough ships out there, man. There's some. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's funny. You you talked about the destabilizing of the place. I've only done one. I'm still pretty early, but I've done a fair amount. But it was funny because the guy was like, okay, you can do all of these to destabilize this, or you can just go to the main base and kill that guy. And I looked right at him and I was like, I'm going to go kill, kill this guy. guy. <laughs> and I literally walked to the main base. I stood outside, stared at him like a hawk looking at my prey. And he walked inside and I was like, guess what's about to happen now, dude? I'm killing you. And I literally jumped through a window. Oh, he yells. And I stabbed him in the neck. And it was like, you destabilized the region. I'm like, High five butt slaps all around. Let's keep this game moving, y'all. Yeah, dude, I got to get through it. And I've seen people putting up. I mean, it, it's, you know, the 60, 80 hour games really do get up in there. And I do want to see where this goes. I don't I don't have any idea where the story goes. I have the strategy guide. I haven't looked farther ahead. The story does seem really interesting, though, like just with her father and mother and all these other kind of elements. They did a really nice job with the script and, and mm, investing yes. me in it. And I, I'm so glad I'm playing as Cassandra like. She, the, the the voice acting is really solid yeah the, she's great she's really good like i feel very connected to her and i feel like i'm i'm playing like she's acting do you know what i'm saying like i feel like i'm becoming her more as as i do it yes um, and i like that i get to choose some of the dialogue options i, I love the dialogue tree i like getting involved and it's not just a story i get right. to kind of be the narrative in that i will i'm gonna ask you this one tom when did assassin's creed start to use so many curse words because for some reason, there is so many F words, malacas, whatever you want to call I it. I didn't know that we were just so 
dialogue heavy on curse words all of a sudden. When did that switch happen? Which game was that where they were like, you know what? We're just going to curse like sailors in this video Dude, game. Dude, it's weird. And you want to hear something that's so weird that you say that because, you know, with, and my oldest kid's old enough to hear that kind of language. But I noticed it when I was playing and my youngest was in the room at one point. I'm like, oh, I got to pause it. But, <laughs> but you want to hear something really crazy? So the, and we can flip over and talk about Red Dead here in a minute. There, the first two hours of Red Dead, which you'd think would be cowboys in the old what? There's not one single curse word. Like it, I, I, I was somehow at one point I was just kind of listening, and I'm like, I don't think they've said anything even. I mean, because GTA so over the top, right? Just constantly as filthy as it could be as far as a video game goes. There's nothing in Red Dead zero, and yet Assassin's Creed is loaded with this like loaded loaded Loaded, tom loaded yeah it was very very strange and i don't know if they made a hard effort to go mature with that with it somehow because dude not only that because she's banging everybody too right you can hook up with some old lady forcing myself on that one girl that one old lady hey like i'm cut no the uh the girl who you help her father and then she becomes part of your team yeah 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 and yeah. she's like, hey, I'm kind of tired. And I looked at her, I was like, you're, you're tired. not tired today. You're not tired tonight, <laughs> darling. It was like, it's like six <laughs> lines of back and forth of me just forcing myself on this lady. And I started laughing there. A couple of ones before we wrap up this is, one, I'm so happy that this game is so great, especially with Red Dead. Right now, this fall season, we have two massive open sandbox games where, yeah, the game is six to 80 hours, but you could spend hundreds of hours getting lost in that having so much fun. Rarely do I feel like I have a game like this where I love it. And I'm like, you know what? I could just be here for a long time, just doing side stuff. And it's great to have both of those. I want to touch on really quick buying stuff and upgrading. Like you talked about. So you talked about how quickly you leveled up, how you kind of just threw things to the sideline and stuff. You know me, I'm a sucker for in-game purchases. I like to look cool. I like to be the best. I like blah, blah, blah. Well, in this game, I didn't buy the XP boost or the loot boots. I just bought the cool outfits, which I did in Origins as well. And so I bought an outfit the moment the game started, right? So she looks super awesome in this badass red assassin's cloak. But the issue is, is when you buy it, it's all level one gear. And it doesn't level up with me to the point where I'm finally level 10, where I unlock the blacksmith, let's say, in the next town or whatever level it was. And I can finally upgrade. It costs so much to upgrade, Tom, that I'm probably at level 20 right now, and half of my gear is 15, half of it is 2 and 3. You can't do that. You can't. You're going to get killed. It's insane that my gear won't level up with me after I purchased it. I mean, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, like, if I purchase that stuff, maybe you should just level up with me. I agree. Because you know I'm not getting rid of these pieces. I bought these pieces and good on them because I can't dismantle it. Thank God, because, you know, I'd accidentally hold X on one of my pieces and right. lose it, you know. Yeah. But like that should probably level up with me as my one gripe, because now here I am looking awesome. But I got level one gear on in a level 10 area. You can't like that. That's not fair to me. You no, know, I don't like not, that. You can't play that way, especially like I was playing on hard. Like you legitimately you, you couldn't be more than a level or maybe two at the most beneath whatever your level was in the first place, because, as you know, Unlike in, so in Origins, you could turn the auto leveling on and off for the missions. You could keep them at whatever level they were. Or you could scale enemies to you. This just scales automatically. So if you pick yeah. up a quest at level thirteen, but don't do it till level thirty, when you come back to it, it's a level thirty quest now, and everybody you see in it is thirty. Yeah, man, they really—that's the one thing that they really messed up. Because even early in when when and it's a little spoilery, but when you first find your father, 
you end up getting his sword as one of the first early things. Well, that sword's a really good sword because it gives you like a 20% advantage to your kick, your Spartan kick. Well, that's a sword I'd like to keep the whole game because I love that freaking Spartan kick. Like, I use it all the time. But I want to say I was like level 10 when I got it. And I, I quickly got to level 15. Had to put the sword away because it's like 200 DPS under a normal level 15 sword. I went ahead and leveled it up. Dude, it cleaned me out to level oh. it up one time. One time I leveled it up and it cleaned my shit out like 10,000 drachma, you know, however many materials, tons of wood. And then, I, then okay, I'm good for like maybe one more level. Now I've got it level 15. I can use it for two levels and now I'm level 17 and it's worthless again. And mm. now go try to upgrade it and look how much it costs. So, oh. man, they screwed that up. If they would have, and especially the ones you buy, to your point, I think that may be the one thing. I wish they would patch that. Not just the aesthetics. I'm not as much the aesthetic, aesthetic one, but, dude, some of those special weapons are really special, man. There's some really cool fire weapons or poison weapons, things that I want to mix and match, and I don't want to have to be upgrading them all the time. So, anyway. Um, totally, Tom. Dude, outside of that, man, what a great game, dude. This, this what game a great is game. just fantastic. And I'm riding on a unicorn. And you That's got a game unicorn. number two that That's I'm riding game. around on the unicorn. I mean, uh, I look so dope, Tom. I'm literally just pulling up to people with a unicorn, like, what up, everybody? And they're like, oh, shit, this guy's coming to kill us. I love it. I love it. All right. So clearly we're nothing but smiles and excitement over Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right now we are, we're about two weeks into Red Dead. Unfortunately, I went to TwitchCon when Red Dead released. So I was a week behind everybody. I've spent a lot of time this weekend just playing it all night long. And I really want to talk about it with you, Tom. I'll probably kick this one off. Yeah. I think Red Dead is phenomenal. And we're getting a lot of mixed signals out there, which I totally understand. Uh, man, I have some positives, some negatives. But all I can really say is the world itself, the environment, the narrative, the fun stories that you're getting, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay of how different and how wild it can be is truly incredible. I think there's some quality of life stuff that I can agree with people being negative on, but I, just like Assassin's Creed, the moment you turn it on, there is very few games where I am wide-eyed and attentive and into this, where I'm circling the camera all around me. I'm taking it slow. I'm talking to people. This game has that feel and it has that for me. And of course, it probably should because it's a rock star game. And it's Red Dead, too. It's one of the most anticipated games ever. So I, that's how I'm feeling. What are you thinking, Tom? Well, so first of all, did you see the story that it is the single highest grossing entertainment product of all time, including movies and everything else, which is insane. $750 million in two days. Um, incredible. So I saw that. And a quick shameless yeah. plug. Remember, YouTube.com slash Snowbike My Gaming. I gave you the strong first 15-minute oh, right. first look at Red Dead. If you were on the fence... And I put that little quote in there because, whoa, isn't that a big one, Tom? And oh, I feel huge. like we did that with Grand Theft Auto 5. They and beat their own see, thing. Yep. Exactly. And to see Grand Theft Auto in uh, the NPDs, is that what they call it, Tom? Yep. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm messing on the last yep. letter. But to see that always be in the top 10 every single month since its release, guess what Red Dead's about to be? That every single month. Forever. It has to be, I bet, Tom. You know what's so interesting, too? So, again, I, 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 um, I, I'm completely blown away by this game and in it's it's way past what I even I thought it was going to be um for a lot of the reasons you said like I I don't know that I've been in a game world that I felt more uh, um 
I'm not rushed to go through it. All of the things that I understand people can get frustrated with with a game like this. But here, my biggest takeaway is this, and Rockstar did this on purpose, obviously on purpose for, for, for years as they were designing this game, is that they stuck to this vision of, I mean, it's kind of like an Old West simulator almost in a way, right? They created this big, amazing world and, and they consciously made it um, they, they could have done fast travel right from the get-go, and we can talk in a minute. I mean, you can unlock it, and it does make things a little bit easier. But the fact that they stuck to this vision, and they, and they chose not to make it an action-adventure thing, that they wanted to make it a slowed-down pace, that they wanted to... I mean, let's face it, dude. This is in the you know, late 1800s. Life was not fast-paced, fast-moving. There wasn't... The, you know, that, that they opted for a real experience, and thousands of lines of dialogue, of things just going on around you, and... You know, I talked about the strategy guide thing. Dude, you should see the strategy guide for this game. There, there's so much you don't even, you haven't even thought about that is in this game that I, I'm not going to spoil that would literally make your head explode. Things that you can find, thousands of loot boxes, dinosaur bones, dream catchers, treasure boxes, um, stuff with aliens, um, these insane like sacrifice rooms, these underground caverns. Like, there's so much here that every little single thing that I see begs me to explore it and and yet and i'm 45 hours i checked my game clock on this one i've yet to see something a lot like assassin's creed that i didn't want to go explore i don't care what it is if i see smoke coming up i'm gonna go check it out i'm gonna go look at it. i'm gonna jump into eagle vision or whatever it's called look for this because there's a lot of small stuff too you've really got to pay attention and i don't know if you're using your eagle vision thing a lot but you got to use it a lot because there's a lot of little little hidden switches on the sides of stuff um Anyway, back to what I was saying, I assume, and I think I haven't done this, and I'd be curious people in the comments or people we talk to, I'm playing it very traditionally. And what I mean by that is very slowly, methodically, I'm hunting for my camp because I want to hunt for my camp. I'll kill a deer. Like if I know I'm coming back into the camp, I'm killing a deer on the way back in to feed it and make sure I've got food. I'm giving them money. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing it as slowly and methodically by, by enjoyment of it like i'm not forced to but i think i think once you unlock fast travel which isn't too hard to do i think you can mainline this thing a little bit more so for example i don't know if you farted around with the crafting system much but dude there's a whole crafting thing you can make everything from poison tomahawks poison arrows split arrows feather arrows there's about 75 things that you can craft that i don't think you'd even know you can craft that allow you to kill in different ways to poison things, to light things. You can do fire arrows, fire bottles, um, tons of weird little things that I never even knew about. I think it's, you know, when you set up your camp, it's one of those options down there. Go, go fart around with it, dude. You'll be amazed. That the diff- you can make like five different ammo types for every single gun that you use to play the game differently. My point of that is, I think you can avoid all of that. I literally think you can play this game. No hunting and cooking. You can just get elixirs and stuff. You can just do this. Don't, don't, don't do it. You know, I've, I've been fishing a bunch lately because I think it's kind of fun, but I think they, I think they set it up in a way that you can play it from extreme to extreme. If you want to fast track it and you don't want to screw around with, like you said, 10 minutes between a journey from here to roads. And, and I get why that's frustrating to people. Like I totally understand that. It's not to me. I enjoy the scenery and, and doing stuff, but if that's not your gig, look, I get it. But I think you can get around that. And I think you can get around not having to hunt. And any of the things that are tedious, I think you can avoid. I'll be curious if you can. 
Because that's what people are complaining about, right? It's too realistic. They're, they're, you're forced to eat. You're forced to clean your horse. You're forced to feed your horse. It's like, I don't want to do all that. Um, so I think you can get away with that and not ruin the game. Um, but dude, I'm telling you, there's so much in this game. If you look through the strategy guide that you'll be like, I had no idea. I had no clue that was there. I had no idea that there was a whole set of submissions around whatever that exists. It's it, this game has been in development for 10 years. If it's been in development for a day, that's how big this game is. <laughs> Incredible. Let's pause really quick. If Tom Bach didn't just sell you on this game, I fear that you might not be a human being <laughs> because Tom Bach just pumped me up so much that I want to scream and shout and I turn on it. my Xbox right now. I love it. One, let's talk about it. Extreme to extreme. Like Tom just said, you can literally do anything. Or you might be like me where I felt a little behind the curve. I felt a little pressured to the point where there's like four or five dots in your camp alone. And you know what I said to those, Tom? I'm not looking at those. I got places to go. Yeah. And I walked away. There's hunting grounds. There's stuff like that. And mind you, I'm still early in the game. And I do want to go to the extremes where I do everything. But I think, like you said, you don't have to do any of those. You can literally be like, I got other things to do. I'm leaving here because I haven't touched 90% of stuff that's around me. You know what I mean? You go to that first town, uh, what is it called? Sweetheart or what? Valentine. Oh, and there's like, there's like 15 circles in there. And I was like, I'm not touching any of these. And then I said to myself, wait, slow down, Mike. Like, the, let's check this out. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to this circus tent where I was going to, where I thought I was going to see circus freaks. No, it was literally a movie. A movie. I sat down yeah. and watched a bear movie. Yeah. It was like, okay, there's stuff like this. So yes, there's extreme to extreme and there's so much cool stuff to do. I want to talk about number three about the fast travel and horse riding. So now we talked about this way back in the day on the podcast, how my red dead one experience got, I wouldn't say ruined. It was still a great experience, but it kind of, you know, put a bad taste in my mouth because I glossed over the fast travel system. I didn't think about it. And I had to ride my horse everywhere on that map back and forth where it put a, a taste in my mouth of like, man, that was a lot of fun, but a lot of horseback riding that I didn't need to do, not knowing the fast travel system. So now I came into this one like, man, you think I, I think I'm going to fast travel a lot. Like, I don't want to do that. But there's two sides of the coin right now that I want to talk about. Side one, without the fast travel, I think they've done a phenomenal job of giving you things where you're riding your horse to point A wherever that you want to stop at. Somebody's on the side of the road, blind man needing money. I'm going to stop and talk to him. Hey, this guy just got bit by a rattlesnake. There is so many things moment to moment that you can do while riding that horse that it doesn't feel like I'm just riding a horse through a blank environment, right? By, by the way, That's how there's, it, there's 325 random encounters that repeat them. 325. Exactly. And so that <laughs> felt, that was like Red Dead 1 for me. I was in a blank environment with a couple animals that would run by that you could hunt, but nothing like that where it was moment to moment, I could just stop and do anything. There's like moments where the other gang, Dutch, or, you know, I don't know who they are. It's not Dutch. Oh, Vandalik, the, uh, that's my gang. The O'Driscolls. The O'Driscolls. Yeah. We'll just roll up on me. They're like, With fire, hey, boy, like, I want you to give me money. And I'm like, you better stop right there yeah. because I'm about to destroy you. Yeah. And so I think they've made horse riding fun. And I fear point number two is I think we might have just gotten pampered on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where it was literally fast travel here. Stab that dude in the neck. Fast travel over there. Stab that guy in the neck. Fast travel over there. 
fight, 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 fight. Where it was like, man, this is insane. This is like, I'm everywhere and I'm doing it all to where now I think a lot of people are coming into have like, I just want to fast travel and get to it. Let's yeah. go, let's go, let's go. And maybe not thinking, you know, you had the fast travel kill, fast travel kill in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Now you have maybe not fast travel, but horseback ride. Oh, there's a moment over here. Horseback ride. Oh, there's a moment over there. Horseback ride. I finally made it to my destination, you know? And so I fear I'm in the mix right now. I'm in the mix of, I kind of want to fast travel. I'm enjoying the horse. Um, but at the same time, I think the horse might be my biggest complaint of when you're talking to people on the horseback, when you're riding somewhere, sometimes you just had enough and you just want to sit back. Yeah. I just need three seconds to drink my Gatorade. And all of a sudden, if you're not fully attent on that horse, if you're not paying attention to the stamina, if you're not smashing a, you'll run into something, you'll get the Trigger. GTA wasted yeah. screen. And it's like some of those moments that probably upset people similar to me of like, Gosh darn it, why are you not just following the trail like an Assassin's Creed with the quality of life of, if I hold A, it will take me to that objective. And of course, I can course correct. I can stop at any moment, but at least it's going for me. Yeah. And this one, if you're not doing it, then the horse will either stop or you'll run into something and you'll be like, gosh darn it, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, there are some of the, you know, it's, and again, I, I, I led my piece with saying it's amazing that they stuck to this vision because they wanted it to be that way. But, you know, those games that are the fast travel here, kill somebody, they exist. It's just not this game, right? And, yeah. and, and I, I, again, I, I applaud them for doing it because you, you knew they knew that this was going to be somewhat controversial, that they would, they, there's a few times that I get, here's where I get frustrated with it, is, and you mentioned, you know, the accidentally ones running into people when you don't intend to, because the controls are a little clunky and they're, they're different. Yeah, they definitely clunky is they're, right. They're yeah. clunky. The, the ones that I could have done without, look, and I, I don't mind the horse stuff, like I said, just because I feel like there's enough going on. And, and again, I'm, I, I'm playing it because it's immersing me in that world. And that's how you traveled in 18, 1880 or whenever it was. But the ones that I think I could have done without is if I'm going to loot, skin, whatever, I don't need 10 seconds of a loot animation, picking a guy up, grabbing his stuff out. Like they could have sped some of those up. Um, I think that would have helped a little bit because, I, again, I don't mind the the other stuff with the horse as much, but that, that to me, he'll get off his horse. He doesn't move as quickly as you'd like him to. He spends just too much time with some of that stuff. That's a little bit difficult. And I, hopefully they can, maybe that's an easier one to patch and they can kind of not make it a big, long 10 second. Every time you want to loot a dude to get a freaking mm. tonic off of him or whatever. The, Cause you know, th that, that one is a little bit rough. Um, let's, let's agree really quick. It is incredible the first time you see it. Oh, it's the great. first time he picks he up that body. Yeah. The first time he skins, you're like, oh my God, that is wild. And then on the 30th time, when he's doing that again, you're like, okay, there's 10 dead bodies yeah. here. Let's not do that, bro. I know. Let's not do this right now. Dude, that is that is really difficult. And I do, again, the fast travel, um, there are stage coaches too. That'll speed things up. I do, I do, and it's about 500 bucks for people who haven't uh, unlocked it yet. There's a couple of upgrades at the camp that you have to do to be able to fast travel. I'm not doing it. What's funny is I've got it open, but I'm not really doing it. Now I've done it in select cases where, where I've decided I wanted to, but dude, think of all the great dialogue you have sometimes when you're traveling too. like, you'll, I've, I'm playing it with subtitles on all around. And some of the conversations you hear of stuff that you wouldn't know is there, like somebody arguing about something will lead to a whole mission. I don't know if you've gotten in any of those yet, but I've had a couple where somebody was talking about something. I overheard it. And before I know it, they're getting, 
they're, they have me off on a wild goose chase doing something that's like, that doesn't just happen. And if I would have fast traveled, I probably would have missed all that. Um, dude, but anyway, the, the, I'm going to, I think I'm going to continue to play it until I get tired of the grind. And so far I haven't so far, everything I see, I want to stop and check out so far. I've been, you know, living in that world enough to not get frustrated. A few times I've caught myself kind of like overdoing it. Like I don't need to hunt again and yet I'm doing it anyway. And I'm throwing a freaking buck up on the back. Dude, there's 175 different animals. Think about that. Just animals alone. 175. Incredible. I don't know if you messed around with any of the challenges. Cause if you, I think you hit left on the D pad, there's everything from like marksman's challenges, herbalist, um, sharpshooter, dude, there's some really cool challenges in there. Like, you know, kill three different species on one dead eye, um, um, jump over so many different items or jump over so many different things in 15 seconds with your horse. They get more and more complex as you go. And what's really interesting, they're not just in name only. Every one of these rewards you every like three levels, you get rewarded with something. So you'll get like a new bandolier that gives you 25% more ammo. So back to my point about you can play it from extremes, but if you're willing to invest the time and all the little pieces, they actually give you something of value. Like one of them is like your dead eye doesn't run out you know, like 20% faster stuff that like changes the way you play the game. So if oh. you're, if you're willing to go off into all those weird little side things, speaking of one, and I'll tell you how, when I had a moment yesterday, have you got the treasure map? Have you found a treasure map yet? Did you find the guy that was giving out the treasure maps? I have only had one treasure map and that was because I was collecting debts from a man. Okay. And he gave me the treasure map, but they showed you where to go and then it was like, okay, you're in the area and it was just a massive okay. tree. You couldn't have missed it. Okay, that one. Okay, so there's another one. There's a guy and I'll, I'll send you where he is. It just starts the, the whole treasure map sequence and oh. you get the first map, this Jack. Dude, finding this first treasure was so satisfying because it, it was, I didn't cheat, didn't look it up, wanted to do it on my own and I don't know if you know, but there's a lot more like platforming and parkour stuff you can do in that game than you may think you can. So you end up, and I won't spoil where it is, and um, but you can tell from the map, you're up on top of this high cliff, but you have to like go down this thing, jump across this cavern. Like you'd, you'd never find this treasure in a million years if you didn't know it was there. And to find it out of that was just like one of these like amazing video game moments that led to another treasure map behind that one. And so again, back to this, there's, there's this whole other side content that you can choose to do or not do. I'm I'm 99% sure you could finish the game whether you did it or not, but I think it's going to make for a way better experience if you do all the little stuff as you go because every one of them they let you get something out of it. So anyway, um, dude, this this is a once in a ten year game. We said it about GTA. I mean GTA, like oh. you said, is still on top of NPD, still selling. It does. I have thought a lot about what online could be for this because that's what gta's tale became right you had a yep. six seven yep. eight year tale because of what online did and they kept adding to it this one really fascinates me like what are they going to do with online here because the, it seems like there's not a. I mean this sounds terrible because it's rockstar it doesn't seem like there's a lot but then again i would have said the same thing about this game in general and yet they managed to make this thing that's so huge can you imagine this game when it goes to online and what's going to get mm. added into this? How crazy Tom, that's going to be? It's going to be incredible. And it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about my fear of Red Dead Online of GTA Online was so cut and clear of like, we're going to sell you new cars. We're going to sell you new clothes. 
We're going to put in new weapons. And it was understandable. This one is like, man, it's a wild west. Like how many horses can you put in? How many pieces of clothing? But when you really think about it, they're about to change the world with this one again, where you look at it through the single player's perspective and you think it's great. Wait until it's you in a lobby of 30 plus people with eight of your friends on horseback going absolutely hog wild on some things. It's going to be a great time. And then you can think we can go to extremes. We might just go out there, fish one hour and just chat it up. Maybe we're hunting a giant legendary bear going real slow through the woods, trying not to scare it. You know, like it's going to be a good time. And I think they've done a really good job. Same way they did with the uh, GTA five of like, Hey, online will come a little bit later. Let's not rush this right now. Let's get everybody. And I want everybody to know right now, if you think that Red Dead Redemption Online will work within the first day to first week, do not get your hopes up, folks, because we all need to go back to when GTA 5 was released online and we proceeded to have a server lane this big and everybody and their mother trying to jam into it at once. I will never forget that first week of crying, being upset, making it halfway through character customization, not making it into character customization, making it through the first one, then being like, homies, where are you at? And all of my homies weren't there yet. So please know that you should not worry about this the first week to two weeks. They will figure it out. Let's not all jam pack the highway on this. It's not going to work. The biggest entertainment (laughs) property of all time. Can you imagine? And by that time, most people be done with the game a story and itching to get into it. Like I, I, anyway, it's, um, dude, I can't wait. It's if, if I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about the game. It's one of those games to me. Oh, it's like that time. That's right. I'm, I've never been rushed by it. Like every time I play it, I put headphones on. I don't know if you've played it with headphones. It's all I do now is play with headphones because the audio on it is really, really special. If you haven't done it, anybody mm. listening to this, do, do yourself a favor, get it off your TV speakers, try it on the headset and, just feel the weight of the weapons and the shots and the, the, it, 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 there's a lot going on with the audio that is, you would never catch it unless you had headphones on too. So anyway, I want to talk about three things really quick before we end this, because we have been having a phenomenal podcast, Tom. This is one of our best. I love it. So first one is I want to talk about the white hats and the black hats being good or bad. Now, Tom, normally I'm, I bet you I'm similar to you in every game. I like to play from fable and beyond. I'm normally the, you know, the white knight in shining armor. Yeah. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm protecting everybody. This is my job on earth. Well, I don't know what has changed. Maybe I've been listening to too much kid rock. I'm a cowboy baby, <laughs> but we streamed it and we went to dark Mike where all of a sudden Hoodie this mellow. guy's like, Hey, Mr. Be nice to me. And I'm like, wham, I'm punching him in the face. This old guy's like, Hey, will you just give me a hug? I'm like face fool. Get away from me. Really? I got one guy hanging onto a cliff. He's like, please, mister, I'll tell you everything. You know what I did to that man? I stepped right on his fingers and I said, see you, you fool. And so I don't know what this is, but something has changed in me where I've decided I am going to go Westworld on people and I'm shooting everybody in their mama in this video game. Dude, I had no idea. That's (laughs) so funny that you say that. So what was funny, not funny, the, the whole intro to me showed here's what i got out of the whole intro the whole snow thing that these were yeah they were criminals but they were good-hearted people they were calling each other mr morgan mr vanderlyn the women that were there like it seemed like a it 
it would have seemed out of character to me to play him as a bad guy because his whole tenor, his whole demeanor, his voice, his way of everything seemed like he was the the white knight cowboy. Maybe I got that wrong, but that's how I see him. And so I've been playing it that same way. Although I will say, man, if you want to do what you're doing without getting your, your moral system screwed up, if they shoot at you first, you're good. Did you figure there that you out go. yet? No, I, so didn't, like, I didn't know that. Dude, I've been pretty bad. If you roll up, if you roll up on a dude, he's like, get out of here, man. Quit looking at me. Whatever. If you hang out long enough, it'll turn him red and he'll shoot at your ass. You can clean his clock at that point with no penalty nice. whatsoever. Right. Nice. So nice. You, you can bait people into not messing up your moral compass. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now I want to talk about number two, more along the character customization and making it your own. So now it's really cool. Of course, you got a hat that falls off. You can go chase it down. I took somebody else's hat. Now I literally have the black okay. hat on and I look real mean looking. Uh, but I want to talk about the beard and dirtying yourself up in the horse dirt. Right. So this was one to me of like, I don't got time for that. Like I said, I felt kind of behind the thing. I'm not washing. I'm not bathing. I'm not washing this dang horse. We got things to do. Right. And that all changed for me. The moment that I met my ex-lover, who turns out to be the hottest, prettiest young thing in the video game. Oh, yeah. And I proceed to get the cutscene of where my face is dark <laughs> as hell because of the mud. I got a beard out to here, and she's looking like, hey, how you doing, Arthur? And I'm clearly like, you know, I've been rolling around in the mud, killing people. I don't look good right now. And that's when I said to myself, oh, snap, maybe I should clean myself. That's great. That's so funny, dude. Yeah, he, he uh... <laughs> I'm the same. Like I have taken a couple baths. I got to admit, but you can get clean the other way. You can just go through water. You can take your horse through water. I don't mind brushing <laughs> the horse every so often. Big deal. But yeah, dude, my I'm I'm growing a pretty cool beard though. I gotta 